Wednesday, December 8th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. With me today, Asit Sharma. Thanks for being here. Chris, thank you for having me, as always. Just because the holidays are getting closer does not mean that earnings season stops. We've got a couple of businesses for the great outdoors, but we are going to start with the stock of the day. And unfortunately, it's not for good reasons. Shares of Stitch Fix falling 27% this morning. First quarter results were better than expected, but guidance for the current quarter points to slowing growth. And Stitch Fix is a growth company, and we don't like when our growth companies have slowing growth. Um, I want to get to some of the comments from Elizabeth Spalding, the CEO, but just in terms of the results, did anything stand out to you to the point where you look at this move? Look, this is a, a pretty big move. Do you look at this and say, yeah, this, this makes sense? Or do you think it's an overreaction? Well, you know, Stitch Fix, Chris, is in a fix because they're simultaneously trying to be a fashion uh, direct-to-consumer retailer. At the same time, they have this great technology base that uses very uh, high-level algorithms. They have a great data stack as as well, or, or a stack to analyze their data, I should say. So they're trying to do two things at once, once, both of which are really hard. It's very difficult to analyze data correctly and have your technology be predictive to increase your yield on sales. It's difficult to be a direct-to-consumer retailer in the fashion world. Their argument has been for a long time that they can combine both of these uh, business strategies and grow faster than the rest of the retail market. And they, they keep coming to the cusp of that performance and drawing back some. This quarter is a great example. I mean, sales were solid. Top line was up 19% year over year to $581 million. Active customers grew revenue per client, rose 12%. But then they give the outlook for next quarter, which is just projected to be up 3% versus last year. And it's like coming back to square one for investors. So I think there's some fatigue here. And I think that there is some sense for in the investment community that this is just a harder business model to generate its momentum than maybe investors first envisioned. I don't second guess uh, Elizabeth Spaulding, I think she's doing a really credible job after Katrina Lake stepped down. This is more the business model taking time to really hit its stride. And give credit to Elizabeth Spaulding for her comments around this quarter and where they're going and what they're trying to do. She said straight out that they that Stitch Fix is in the middle of what she referred to as a multi-quarter transformation. She is trying to change the way this business works. And there's a version of the future where it pays off. But I think at least part of the drop that we're seeing today is some investors saying, I'm not interested in waiting around for this to play out. And again, to her credit, she's only been CEO for four months, so she's not sitting still. But she was also very clear to say, right now, it's too early to tell how this is going. And I think when you, if you're going to take her at her word, I totally understand the people who just look at this and say, I've got other options for investing my money. And this is fair enough. I believe for investors, you always want to examine the opportunity cost of sticking with a company that's taking some time to generate its true momentum space. And, you know, for a new CEO, 
clarity is good. Being realistic is good. Putting it out there on the table at the front end will help later on for those investors who stick around and those who are frankly on the sidelines. I think that this isn't the end of Stitch Fix's story, but for a certain beleaguered investor who's been there since the start, it probably is time for, for many of those investors to, to look elsewhere. Who knows? They may rejoin in the future. And uh, this, this is something to me that's still like a grand experiment that is responsible for pushing a lot of innovation in the, the tech field and the retail field because they made the idea of subscription even more commonplace than it was before. So I agree with you, Chris. Um, we shouldn't stop watching Stitch Fix. Those of us who, like myself, are on the sidelines, keep looking at those earnings, look for some momentum. They just need a bit more consistency and, and traction. But with uh, this shift to a direct selling model versus only having the fix or their um, you know, monthly and a quarterly presentation of clothes, I think that's going to pay off. It just It's taking some time. Thor Industries is starting off the fiscal year with a bang. First quarter profits for the RV maker were well above expectations. So was their revenue. Shares of Thor Industries only up about 1% or 2%. But this, look, this is the dominant company in the RV space when you're thinking about um, market share, uh, particularly in North America. I know people are probably more familiar with the Winnebago brand, but Thor Industry, they've got the biggest market share. They do. And, you know, they bulked up their global offering with their European acquisition a couple of years ago. So this is a global business with a manufacturing footprint in Europe, poised to grow more like Winnebago. I think the company is extremely well run. Just their brands may uh, not be quite as well known as Winnebago, which is always figured as a romantic brand in the popular imagination. But Thor obviously is benefiting from this continued move to lifestyle experiences. I have been a bit surprised that the demand continues. One of the things that caught my eye, something I watch with Thor every quarter is that backlog. So their global order backlog now stands at 18 billion, which is more than a year's worth of sales. In the past, I've been a bit skeptical when the uh, RV manufacturers start building these huge backlogs because inevitably consumers back off, but then they have to whittle uh, both their inventory down and then make this backlog more realistic and take some orders off the books. But we see no sign of that happening. And I think that's great. I mean, it's a lifestyle change that we are seeing across uh, the globe. We're also seeing younger consumers come into this industry. The average purchaser of an RV looks a lot different than they did, say, 20 years ago. They are younger. Uh, the demographic is more diverse. Um, it's become sort of a rejuvenated recreation uh, area in, in the market. And, and I like this. I also want to point out that they are taking advantage of these sales. Sales increased or of that demand sales increased 56% year over year. Um, but the company was also able to make some money off of that. They had a profit of 242 million bucks. That's more than double the $114 million in earnings that they were able to put on their books this quarter last year. The thing that impresses me most about Thor in any environment is their ability to work with their own production uh, capabilities. They are very quick 
to put plants on four day work weeks if they need to, to adjust to demand in really bad times. And they know how to go full steam ahead when demand is there and, and the consumer is buying. So it's, it's a nice report. I've been writing about Thor for many years. And I think I've always pointed out what a great company this is from a manufacturing perspective. A little volatile because of the industry, but I still think this is a solid play for those people who might be a little tired of all this volatility in the tech sector and, and are looking for a few good names to, to um, balance out that growth bent with some solid manufacturing that is profitable um, and has a, a nice tailwind behind it. Uh, just a programming note, it's going to be a, a short week for us here on Market Flurry. We will be back on Monday, but obviously check out Motley Fool Money uh, this weekend. Uh, we've got some financial planning tips for the end of the year. Still time in the remaining weeks of 2021 for investors to make a couple of moves. Um, let's close with one of my favorite outdoor activities, and that's grilling. Weber Grill's loss in the fourth quarter was smaller than expected. Shares are basically flat this morning. Um, I'm rooting for this business. I'm a customer of this business, but the the short public life of Weber Grill has not been amazing. I mean, the stock is still trading below where it closed on its opening day in August. Yes, this as an investment theme, Chris, has surprised me in how unpopular it's been with investors. We also had Traeger Grills, which went public under the, the symbol Cook, C-O-O-K. And that stock has followed a similar trajectory. Uh, I didn't think these were going to turn the market upside down, but I didn't expect uh, both companies to um, have fallen out of favor so quickly with investors. But there's there's some reason for that here. In, in this quarter, we actually had a net sales decrease of about 5% to $350 million. All those sales for the whole fiscal year were up 30% year over year. Uh, this is a category that does have a lot of potential because gradually both Weber and Traeger and other competitors are incorporating a lot of fun tech into their grills. They're more app-driven today. Now, short story here, I had a hand-me-down Weber for my parents that lasted forever. It must have lasted 15 years. I replaced it with another brand, uh, not the same quality. That grill only lasted three years. I went back a few weeks ago and bought a Weber grill, but I went for the charcoal, charcoal grill. Having always been a propane guy, one of my friends is a chef and told me that I would love um, the charcoal experience. I bought the grill and some accessories. So I think not to extrapolate my own experience, but many, many out there, I think listening today will have the same experience. The, the brand is very strong. The quality is high. So I think Weber has some potential in the future. For them, it's an issue, though, of reaching a new customer base. They already are sort of dominant in this market and fending off some of the competition from the likes of Traeger, which use, utilize a different approach and are more in the, I guess, more millennial-friendly aspects of the grilling world, wood grilling, uh, smoking. So as Weber extends into these newer areas for it, I think their manufacturing prowess that they've developed is it's going to serve them well. It's just really a question of how do they market this brand again, like Thor to a younger base of customers and start getting some momentum that's going to extend a little bit beyond this uh, post-pandemic world, which we saw actually Thor is doing really well in. Um, I, I'll keep watching this. Just curious, Chris, uh, you've looked at this sector for so long and, and have seen so many consumer brands. 
what is it about Weber as, as both a customer and uh, a, a very wise investor that you think might give it some advantages in the next couple of years? Well, first, I, I'll just say my experience is similar to yours. And I think a lot of people who have bought these grills, they make high quality products that last for a long time. Maybe that is to their detriment um, as a business, because this is not in terms of their biggest ticket item, which is the, you know those, those large propane grills. This is not a repeat purchase business. I mean, the grill I bought has, uh, has lasted 16 years and I've replaced some of the parts and uh, Weber does a good job of sort of making that available but that's not the same as going out and buying a new grill. I think that what they're trying to do with the apps um, might have potential because what could, I don't want to say that this is something that tips the balance and makes uh, the business amazing and therefore makes the stock one that people need to run out and buy. But I do think there is potential for some sort of subscription you know, to the extent that they can get um, enough content on their apps that makes people worth saying, sure, I'll spend, you know, call it what you will, five bucks a month, or, or, or maybe it's an annual subscription, something like that. I could see that being something that lures people in. Because again, I don't need to go out and buy another one of these grills. As long as they're making their parts available, I can continue to do that. At some point, I probably will. I would, however, uh, at least kick the tires on some sort of subscription service that Weber offers um, because my limited experience with their app has been a positive one. And, you know, I'm, I'm not uh, a chef, but I am interested in trying new recipes, that sort of thing. So I don't know, maybe there's something there on the content side. I like that they're trying that, but in the meantime, um, you know, this is, this is one of those, uh, and there are other businesses like this where they really like the product and service at the moment, not interested in the stock. Yes. And I, I want to say you nailed the price point there. So we'll start with 25 bucks for an intensive um, learning language app. We'll drop down to 10 to 20 bucks for a premium music app, maybe 20 to high end, high range if you have a family. And then below that for stuff, that you use frequently, but not all the time. Five bucks sounds about right. And that'd be a, a very nice uh, revenue stream for them. Again, those of you out there who are rubber fans or, or fans of grilling in general, I know many of you will grill sometimes in December. I have myself once or twice grilled with snow falling. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and, and this is something you, th you think about. It's a year round, five, five bucks a month subscription. Um, here we're, we're, we're saying this and I probably should have refreshed from their S one from a few months ago, Chris, I bet that's in there. I bet they've got the subscription and maybe it's priced right at five bucks, but if they're doing that, okay, well, let's, let's spot us a little bit of, uh, this, perhaps it's already there. Um, that is, is where some margin can come from and, and content is a, a wonderful idea for a company like this with such a great brand. Last thing I'll say is, um, maybe while the um, ability to take the grill itself more upscale is limited because they already have quite expensive grills um, with different temperature ranges and different um, surface areas for grilling. I do think there's something in their push to accessories, which is nice because I bought some Weber accessories and I was telling myself, I, I said, don't do this. Come on, man. You just go to, go, go to Home Depot, pick up the knockoff brand 
you're going to save like 15, 20%. But you know, that Weber brand pulled me. I bought the accessories and they, they probably, the grill itself, Chris, I don't think was more than, uh, it was around 170 bucks. I'm trying to remember exactly what I paid, but the accessories, my gosh, they were probably a quarter of that within a few minutes, but let me not take up your precious time bemoaning my unsavviness as a consumer. <laughs> uh, just the last thing I'll add, you talked about uh, grilling when the snow is falling. Last night, I was planning out the Christmas Eve grilling that, I, that I'm going to be doing this year. So I'm, I don't know the snow is going to be falling on Christmas Eve. That would be nice. But uh, whether it falls or not, I, I plan to be out at my Weber grill on Christmas Eve. I probably somewhere... Um, uh, several hundred miles below you on the Atlantic seaboard will be doing something similar around that time. That's a charmer. Great talking to you. Thanks for being here. Same here, Chris. Thanks so much. As always, people on the program may have interests in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against, so don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show's mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on Monday. Going outside, shoveling snow Time the snow will rise, in time the snow will rise.